If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I'm here today with Mayor Steve Hyatt. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You were mayor from 2008? No. 2010. You just told me five minutes ago and I already forgot. <laughs> That's just fine. Okay. 2010 to 2018. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. You've been such a great friend and help. I really appreciate the, the guidance and... And just the wisdom that you've shared. My pleasure. I kind of wanted to just talk to you because you know Kaysville so well. And as a new mayor, I'm still learning. There's a lot to learn. But you did it for eight years. And you were only probably the second mayor in recent history, maybe the third, to serve two terms. Yeah, I don't know how far back that goes or how far back. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I served on the city council for a couple of years. Uh, with Mayor Roundy, and I know prior to that, Mayor Cook served two years. Oh. Mayor Roundy served a couple of years on the city council, and then served a year as or a term as mayor, and then and then I ran for two terms, and and Mayor Witt, and and now we have Mayor Tran. So yes. for for maybe I'm just the only one crazy enough over that time to run for two years. No, <laughs> to, I, to run for well, two years. I, I think smart enough, <laughs> crazy enough. It's kind of all mixed in together, isn't it? That's right. Because people ask me all the time, "What in the world?" That's were right. you thinking, why, <laughs> no, why right. would you do this? That's right. But it, but it really is fun. You lived in Kaysville a long time then. Right? I have. You know, I actually have lived in Kaysville now for about 22 years. And oh, okay. I, I used to always kind of joke around because I'm not a Kaysville native. Initially, when I, uh, when my wife and I got married, we lived in Clearfield for a brief time. And then we moved to Kaysville and have lived our entire married life here. But when I go back and think about my service and when I actually started and when I ran for the city council, I was relatively a, a newer Kaysville resident at and the time. And a newer but, adult. How and old, a newer how, adult. How old right. were you when you first ran for council? Um, I was 29 years old when I ran for city council. And Gosh. then two years into my city council term, I... I ran for mayor. And it was, it was kind of a funny story about that when on on the day of my inauguration, I recall the Deseret News doing an article uh, on Mike Winder, who at the time was elected to be the mayor of West Valley City. And the, and the headline said, Utah's youngest mayor, Mike Winder, sworn into office. <laughs> and, and after that article came out, he called me and he's like, Mayor Hyatt, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 31. He's like, so you're actually the youngest mayor really? in you're, Utah. You were younger than him. And I said, hey, Mike, I'll tell you what, you can keep that headline because <laughs> I'm certain the moment I do something wrong, which I will, I'm not sure I want that to be the subheadline. You know, Utah's youngest. youngest mayor screws up again or something. So, Steve, have you, did you always want to? Do public service? No. Were I mean, you a debater in high school? And... I wasn't. No, I was. I the only the only debate or even kind of office, if you will, that I ran for. I remember in sixth grade, I I ran for student council and 
and uh, was kind of the chair of that. But I didn't really run for any any uh, office in junior high or high school mm-hmm. and uh, didn't do a lot of debate or or anything like that. I kind of felt like I had some natural leadership qualities that that just kind of came about in my friendships and yeah, and inter- sure. and interactions. But it was when I paid a utility bill, actually. I went on to the city's website and paid my bill, and there was a post in the old website that we had that said that uh, a city council member was resigning his position to take another position with an entity. And I thought, huh, well, that's oh, interesting. Okay. And I didn't think a lot about it, but I just kind of kept having this feeling come back to me, like maybe you should explore that a little more. And actually, I put my name in to be appointed. <clears throat> there were 13 of us that, that put our names in altogether. Really? And, uh, and the vote kind of came down to me and one other individual. And uh, the council cast their votes, and there was two for me and two for the other individual. And the mayor was the tie-breaking vote, and and she voted for the other individual. And so I wasn't ultimately suge- uh, oh. selected. Oh, and okay. I thought, okay, well, I wonder why I felt so strongly that I should that I should participate in this. And and uh, I I had read three years of city council meetings minutes, and then uh, just kept on attending city council meetings even after not being selected and just ran at, for as an at-large candidate the following year and was elected to the city council at that point. So that was kind of my 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 unexpected mm. journey. That is interesting. That's what I did too. Applied for a vacancy. That's right. Didn't get appointed. That's right. And then thought, yeah, I I, I still want to do this. Well, that should be like a Sounds disclosure good. you give to any it's candidate who true, applies and right? doesn't get selected. Say, well, statistically, you're probably going to be a mayor now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. You've got some really good chances. You're, yeah, high probability of success if you just keep doing it. That's right. At 29, though, I just think that's really impressive. Most yeah. people are newly married, working on life, and, and you had a, a company you just started, right? Yeah, kind yeah of during that that's time. right. And it wasn't always easy. I mean, my, my line of work, and as you know, a mayor is not, is, is not a job. It does not mm-hmm. pay even enough to, to cover <laughs> utilities. It's more of a volunteer right. position. But, but in, in that, it came with challenges as well, just like any kind of public service. And that's probably, I don't, not, not from a selfish standpoint, from just in general, sometimes when, I'll, when I hear folks reference our local elected officials and say, mm-hmm. oh, but they're just in it for this, or they're in it for the money. I'm like, no, I got, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> they're not. I'm here to tell you. Anyone who's doing it is is definitely not doing it for that. And and it became a balance because when you own your own business, especially mm-hmm. in my business, it was always up and down. I felt like we were doing really well or we right. were doing really, really bad. And and the and those low points are are kind of when the city would sometimes be the vacuum of your time. So it took a Took a lot of balance and not always, you know, not always the balance I wanted, but but overall, I felt like we we did pretty well. But you really did. I was going to say, I mean, even as young as you were, with as a business owner, I think that definitely brought some leadership and skills to the table. But you you had some great, you hired some great people. And yeah, as I look back at that, at everything, some of the things that we. We did while while we were mayor. We we hired a new city manager. Mm-hmm. We hired a new police chief. We hired a new fire chief right at the end of my term. Yeah, hired I mean, a new public works director, and uh, and those were some really obviously some of the most important uh, positions, and 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 great, and, and really I don't know, satisfying is the the right word, but to still see those individuals leading their departments and doing a great job and really taking the city to the next level. I mean, that's really where at the end of the day, 
Right. I think our, you know, our job or the job of local elected officials is to set the policy and, of course, be the steady hand and the leader. The staff really oftentimes gets underlooked and overlooked at at uh, at what they do to, to really make the city run day to day. We've got great, great staff, as you know. We really do. And I benefit from that now because, yeah. like you said, Shane, city manager is still in place. Chief Oberg, Chief Erickson, Josh, yeah. Yeah. Public Works. I mean, they're fantastic people that we would not want to lose. That's right. They they do such a good job. And that's really neat. That's a that's a lot of change that occurred during eight years. Yeah. And and sometimes change like that is is really challenging. I mean, I also can't discount the the wonderful work that was done in years previous by other city uh, officials like city manager and and uh, our former city manager was uh, started, we used to always kind of make the joke, John Thacker was the city manager and, and John was excellent what, at what he did. He, he understood the city probably more than anyone else and, and mm-hmm. did a great job managing. Not everybody loved his style. I got along with him great. So it wasn't, well, as, challenge- it so. wasn't as challenging for, for, for me, but, but John was here for a really long time. The joke though with John and I was I would always say to him, now remind me when you started as city manager, they'd say 1985. And I'd say, okay, I just finished kindergarten when you started as city manager of Kingsville. And we would always laugh and have a chuckle about that because I was... You just never know. You never know. That's Watch right. out for those kindergartners. That's right. That's right. You're starting You're starting a new position. You might have someone else who comes that's a kindergartner. John was really good. And he was, he served the city for... I don't know, 30 years or something, yeah, 30 didn't plus A years. long time. Yeah, it was quite a, quite a while. We've got great people. And so I really appreciate the fact that you, the leadership, well, I, and I was going to say the leadership that I've seen from you post being mayor um, continues to be fantastic. Now that I get to be on the board with the Utah League, it's great. Cam. Cam's the director. You helped. You hired Cam, didn't I you? I did. Yeah, that was a that was another As the league president. Yeah, that was another really challenging, uh, really challenging. But maybe I would call it refining time. I was, we were, uh, I was volunteering as, as well. Let me back up. I was serving as mayor um, for practically volunteering as yes, mayor. Yes, we were volunteering, and then uh, was elected by my peers to be the president of the League of Cities and Towns at a time that that became challenging. We. I mm-hmm. uh, found some some misuse of funds within the organization and uh, the state auditor and I became really good friends. I remember calling him late, late one night and saying, I need your help to review some stuff. And and we talked a lot. And I don't know if I've shared this or I, I'm sure I can, but but there were one night he called to give me an update. It was like 11, 15, 11, 30. And and my wife said, who, who are you talking to at 11, 30, 15 at night? Yeah. And I'm like... Uh, well, I would say Jake from State Farm, but it was actually <laughs> John from the, uh, from Utah, and, and uh, but we were able to work through that, and and uh, and through that process, as I was president, we hired Cameron Dill, who's the president of the League of Cities, and I'll, I'll tell you that was kind of the the time when I when I knew, all right, I feel like my my work here is, is done. done. You know, we've hired a, a great new city manager, have great city department heads, had a real challenging time at the league. Uh, we hired an excellent ex-executive director and every city, all 247 cities at the time, I think there's 248 now, paid their their paid membership, their membership dues, dues to the League of Cities. And I'm like, all right, everyone paid, everyone, we've got new people hired. My, my, my public service work here is, is done. <laughs> when, I mean, as you're telling this, this story and reflecting back, I mean, outstanding leadership skills for sure. 
And as you were looking for people and replacing people that were retiring, what did you look for in those people? Yeah, that's I mean, a, some qualities. That, that's a great question. For for me, uh, I mean, I I think oftentimes you look at a resume or you interview someone, mm-hmm. and and everyone researches or 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 writes down or puts down or says all those key things that everyone's looking for. And for me, it was always looking for somebody who's just a little bit different. And what I mean by that is is someone who comes from a sincere standpoint. I don't care how great you are as an actor. I don't mm-hmm. care how great your interpersonal skills are. Uh, you can't fake sincerity. That's true. And the most sincere people I feel, I believe, are those who just don't really care about getting credit. They just want to see things get done. True. And I, I remember, especially when it came came to hiring a city manager, the Old uh, legal advisor, I say old, He, I mean the seasoned legal advisor, <laughs> David Church, and most elected officials will know who he is. He taught training forever. I remember him saying in a setting that I was at, it was in a training, and he said, I'll tell you what, the best city managers are the ones that all the citizens hate because, oh, okay. because they're out there making, trying to help the city council look as good as they possibly can. And that's not necessarily a, a reason or a qualification or something that, that you look for. But well, I remember when we interviewed Shane, I, I could just, I could sense his sincerity. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to know as an elected official, I wanted to be, you know, have an honest conversation. Here's where I think you're doing great. Here's where I think you're not. Here's where I think you're totally off base. And if you can have those kind of conversations in an arena of of respect and trust, um, then then I feel like you can talk about just about anything and you can accomplish just about anything. There are lots of times when things would happen or take place that I thought that I felt, hey, I really had a hand in doing that. That was awesome. That was me. And for some way or another, it kind of gets maybe celebrated in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the human in us, the knee jerk is to say, well, you know, I was actually the one who did that, not the person who I feel like is getting the credit. And the minute you do that, true. I feel like the sincerity, the, your sincerity score, if you will, with most just kind of goes out the, out the door. So you can, yeah, might have been Harry Truman, I think maybe you can accomplish anything in life so long as you don't mind who gets the credit. Absolutely. And that was, I think it's a good. I think it's a good model for everyone to live by, rather you're in politics or in any position. I completely agree, and I think that's why you were so successful. You you just have a reputation of just getting along so well with people. In fact, it's funny when I came, when I started, I was talking to someone about something, and they said, "Oh, did Hyatt tell you to do that?" <laughs> and I said, "No, I haven't talked to him about it." But it was a huge compliment. Yeah, that's nice because they were complimenting me in an approach. Yeah. I, I do feel like I can say at the end of my term that I, I honestly don't feel like I made a decision or ever made a decision that I didn't feel like was the best one. Now, that being said, I, I, I'm sure I could give you a list of at least 10 people <laughs> that I'm certain don't like me anymore. So, you know, unless you think that I'm that too great, I'd, I'd be happy to Well, that's one <laughs> thing I learned really fast. I learned really quickly on planning commission, and that was a great place to learn that at the end of the day, you try to do what you believe is the best thing. Yeah, and right. it doesn't always make everyone happy. That's right. That's right. And that's okay. And that's why it's great having a great city manager and staff that yeah. can give good recommendations, even if it's not maybe a popular recommendation, but they've got the information. That's right. And they actually know what's going on behind the scenes. So it is good. I appreciate the advice that you've given me because it's been solid and it's been genuine. And that's what's great. Tell us what you're doing now. 
So ever since uh, I, I concluded my public service work, I've been actually advising and uh, and uh, and kind of and being a consultant for uh, both local and state government. Uh, I'm trying to think of a less you know a less um, a fancy word of calling myself a lobbyist, but that's kind of what I've been I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, I I joke around about that. One of the, my partners who I lobby with is also an attorney, and he always kind of makes the joke like, "Oh, great, lobbyist attorney. What's what's worse than that?" <laughs> right. But uh, but uh, but it has been. It's I I I only represent uh, entities that I I really believe in what they're doing. I've had a lot of opportunities and had some entities approach me and say, "Hey, we would really like a voice on." On Utah's Capitol Hill, um, on on issues that that aren't really something I believe in and wouldn't feel comfortable in, and even even with offering, you know, a, a, a more than a fair share, right. I'm like, you know, I just don't think I could, I could, I could genuinely and sincerely advocate for for an issue that I that I don't believe in. So I've have a few clients that I've been representing on the Hill. I still continue to own my my same mortgage company that I'd have for the last twenty years and. Yeah. And uh, when I was serving as mayor, but but yeah, still involved in the political scene a little bit in 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 those types of efforts. But it's been as a lobbyist. Uh-huh. I mean, the skills and the leadership I translate very easily into lobbying, don't they? You already had the relationships in place. Yeah, they the, the definitely the relationships do, and and the and the communication abilities do. The leadership does to a point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, you know, my, kind of my my experience thus far in the. In the lobbying world is really being up to date on issues, and you know, I I used to always kind of make fun of lobbyists a little bit, and you know, because they're just it right, just feels like that's a group that you know deserves to be made fun of a little bit, but yeah. but uh, and and I would you know we, sometimes we laugh about elected officials and listening mm-hmm. listening to lobbyists and getting advice from lobbyists. There there are a lot of really good lobbyists in Utah. There are a couple I've observed that I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is not about what's, you know, what 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 you're trying to maybe what's best as much as you're just trying to get what you want no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I do think good good legislators, I do think good local officials cuz I still work um, on a on a local level with other uh, cities and towns as well, uh, rely on good information. So if you can be a good of a source of good factual okay. uh, information to help elected officials make make good decisions, then, then, you know, I feel good about my, my role there. It's when you get to the point of just saying whatever you want to get what you want, that's that's where that sincerity meter we were talking about before that, that, Hey, am I getting genuine information or am I kind of being sold? Right. Um, Nobody wants that. And, and I think most human beings, I think most people have a phenomenal um, um, uh, bull crap meter, or, I, I think so too. you know, it's sensor true. to to be able to say, ah, this is genuine, or you know, it's it's not. But. Yeah, it's true, and I think you know, I used to make fun of lobbyists too, until I realized how much respect I have for them because you're actually digging deep on on issues and proposed legislation and really paying attention. Yeah. I didn't realize how hard lobbyists work yeah. until yeah. I got involved with the league, and then I go to the Capitol only once a week during the session. But you're there. Probably every day, all night. Yeah, it's a during, especially during the legislative session. It's a, it's a, fifteen hour a day for for forty five days. It's at high speed. It's, it's a crazy time. Yeah, there's a lot, lot moving and a lot, lot going on. But I, but I really do enjoy it, and I have, a, I have a tremendous amount of respect for our legislators and the time. I mean, a, a lot of them are everyday individuals like me who mm-hmm. you know either own a small company or work for a company. Some of the other legislators are really well to do and just, yeah. you know, just just independently wealthy. But but either way, if they're to take their time that they're spending 
and what they're probably being paid per hour. Right, uh, it, 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 it is a service. It, it's it's a service, and and they're they're not making definitely not making minimum wage. Well, I I was listening. I think <laughs> nor, it was, nor are you, Mary. By the way, I'm sure you figure that out. But you know, that, okay, you probably will. aren't making minimum wage either. No, it's a, <laughs> yes, no. Um, someone was asking me how much I was making as mayor, and he said, well, it's around 50000 a year, and I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about $1,000 a month, yeah. and and it's great, and I'm not in it for the money, obviously. No one is, but but, it, but it is a service, It is, yeah. and it's great to be able to do it. But I was talking to, I think it was Speaker Wilson that said, um, gosh, what did he say? It was really good. Shoot. I'm trying to remember. I'll circle back to that. Anyway, he made a really good comment about just the fact that, oh, Utah is a part-time legislature. And he said, because then we go back home and we go back to our businesses and our lives and we live with the laws that we make. Mm. And that's what's really effective and really works well in Utah. Yeah. And I think we're one of the few that yeah. operate like that. Yeah, we have some uh, some entities that I've worked with that are, you know, on 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 justice uh, discussions and justice reforms who have visited from other states and 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 they always comment on that. I can't believe your legislature meets for 45 days and that and that's it. Now, on one hand, you could say, well, you know, is that enough time to really get through everything? On the other hand, um, now I, I haven't researched it, so I can't say, but as I understand, like California is always continuing their legislative session. And so the, the need to get together, get to work, mm -hmm. get the business done and conclude is, I think, one of the reasons why Utah's is 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 the most one the most efficient state in in the nation, and that that's the thing that speaks volumes to not only our current leadership but our founding fathers. And we're really blessed here, of course, in Kaysville to to have uh, Speaker Wilson live here with us. And mm -hmm, and the thing I like the most uh, about Brad, other than just being a a great leader who's clearly respected by his peers, but he's just approachable. Mm -hmm, and I have been true. in conversations, not that I've asked him anything that's like been, you know, kind of like, eh, but I have seen him in action and I've seen people make a pitch or a proposal that is kind of like, I'm like, I, I don't know, man, I'd be surprised if he likes. And, and he doesn't. And he's very straightforward. He does not, you know, again, he just says, look, that's just, not, that's not something we can do that's best for the just a straight for, for, shooter. Yeah, for the he's a very, very straight shooter, very approachable, and I don't know that's re, it's refreshing. Not everybody down there is like that, mm -hmm. but it's very reassuring that uh, that that our, that our leader at the top, at least in the house, there is is. Well, and I appreciate the fact that 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 they are. It's nice to just get an answer from somebody. Yeah. Even if you're not going to like what it is, at least a, you know where people stand. Yeah. And, and I think and, people and appreciate that. I, not know. I just, one thought that kind of stuck, I, I went to a, a store early in the morning and it was like, it was like a Black Friday sale. And it was after I was out of office, I met this guy who was standing there in line and he's like, hey, Mayor Hyatt, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not in office anymore. I do remember. He said, well, I apologize if any of the things I said, you know, you, you didn't yeah. like. And I remember saying to him, I said, you know, I remember you. I remember your face. I remember our discussions. But I don't remember that anything. I, I remember that you were always respectful. I have no That's idea what we talked about. I have mm -hmm. no idea what you came and, and what you were upset about. I just remember how you made me feel. And there is a quote that, that says that's that. That's true. That people will never remember what you said, but they'll always remember it's how you made them feel. And and that was kind of a real, uh, kind of a, an opportunity that kind of came right before me that I'm like, that this you know guy was kind of like, hey, I'm sorry for kind of, <laughs> kind for, of apologetic. For, for, for disagreeing. And I'm like, hey, all I remember is you were respectful. So if you yeah. disagreed, agreed, whatever it was, 
thanks for being respectful. Thanks for being genuine. But uh, that's kind of a cool. It's true. Well, and I used to, in the beginning, I was kind of nervous about, you know, talking to people that didn't agree with me because it was kind of scary thinking, okay, how am I going to handle this? And now I just have so much respect and appreciation for people that will talk to me that don't agree with me, especially when they are respectful and kind, because it's good to get feedback. It's good to hear other people's opinions. And it's and people really appreciate it, as do I. And when someone will say, you know, I appreciate you telling me that this is how I see it. And this is kind of what I'm hearing. And this is kind of the direction I'm feeling it should go. But I really appreciate you sharing your your information and your perspective because it can change. And that's what's great about the process. Agreed. And I guess that's what's so great about local leadership is we can we can change our opinions and we can be open to insights and direction from the community because you know we're all living with the laws and the things decisions that we make and so that's right it affects us and i think that's if if and as as i think about prior to my being involved and what i wish i would have done different all the way up until reading that post on the city's website (laughs) for an open for an open uh position it's just to be a little more involved. Whenever, whenever we talk about being involved, people are like, well, I don't really want to go to city council meetings. Those are boring. And they are. Yeah. They're largely boring. <laughs> right. I mean, they're less boring now that, 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 that Mayor Tran is here. But uh, I'm just saying compared to me, mm-hmm. you know, previously. But, um, but I, I think just being aware and just sharing your insight and what your concerns are um, more maybe offensively, if you will, just when you're thinking about here's what I'd like to see or when the city's asking for feedback versus waiting until something comes in your area that you're not excited about. And exactly. That That's being true. the first time you engage. I, I think it's really helpful for those who are willing to give their time to to just be sources of feedback and information. Every one of our city council members and mayor, of course, are, are very approachable and very, very, very responsive. And and when I was an elected official, I just assumed everybody was watching every city council meeting every single <laughs> exactly, week. Exactly, because we're so involved. Yeah, with and it. then I'm like, oh, I'm sure everyone knows what's going on. And then we do something that people don't like, and then the crowd comes, mm-hmm. and it's like, huh, hey, we all didn't right. Know. Even I thought I had a pretty good pulse on it, but well, uh, one thing that you did that we continue to do that we love is is YouTube, the YouTube Live channel for city council. That's been really helpful. Yeah, that, that was a fun, I remember our very first one um, and, and there was, a, we had a little bit of resistance. It was, it was, really? you know. People didn't want the bother of it or. Yeah, you know. I think it was kind of like, how do we do it? And so I found this, this, this platform called Ustream. It was letter U and then S-T-R-E-A-M. And I think it might've been capped at an hour and then you had to stop and oh, restart okay. it. But I went, I, I went down, I went down, I think the prime systems here in Kaysville and bought a web camera just from, from Keith. And then really? I brought my own, I'm like, look, here's, I can bring my laptop. I can bring it. We streamed our, our first meeting and the audio wasn't great, but, but, but we were, I was pretty, it's pretty focused on, on being a, one of the first cities to do that, which I think we were. I think and so then, too. and then kudos to, to Ryan Judd, the city's Mm-hmm. Uh, IT and GIS and tech guru kind of said, great. "All right, I can I can see how this can how, how this could work." And he researched like crazy, and now all of our now all the meetings are broadcast live on YouTube. And and when I was still in office, several cities around us would would reach out and say, "All right, you've done this. You, you guys do have this? executed this. What equipment did you use? How did you integrate it?" And so you know, very few people know that that Ryan. Uh, who helped pioneer it right here in Kaysville ended up being a, a big resource for other cities and even taught a class at a League of Cities and Towns oh, really? convention on how to live stream your city council meetings. Yeah. That is great. It was really I didn't cool. Know that. Yeah. He's, 
he likes to kind of fly under the radar. Doesn't like to get a lot of credit, but 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 he did that. But he he really took that to the next level, which was awesome. Well, it was awesome for transparency and just just helping communicate because we still struggle with that. You know, people say, "Wait, I didn't know about that," and we'll say, "Well, did you sign up for the text alerts or the email alerts?" And people still struggle sometimes in knowing how exactly to get engagement from the city. Yeah, and that's just such a great way to be able to watch those and. Up and, and it's it's, great. it's one of I think many ideas and many many more that are probably untapped. I mean, I we we talked about those public notice signs that go up. We've talked about sending out mail notices, mm-hmm. and I just living in a state, uh, the state of Utah, which is just chock full of innovation. I, I love that that our that our current mayor and city council is open to. Hey, you know, if there's a better way to do it, share it with us. Exactly, and, and that's what residents can do. Yeah. As they want to support. Well, talking about residents, now you're a resident. I appreciate the help that you're giving me on the Patriotic Devotional. Yes, that's right. You stepped up. (laughs) Thanks so much. Chris Snell, who's done it for many years, will be out of town. And so I really appreciate you. Yeah, uh, you know, taking it's, that for me. it's interesting when you, when you had shared that that Chris was going to be gone, and I and I love Chris, and he is such a natural in every setting, but he especially is. at that patriotic devotional, he's just been he has been awesome, and I, I almost kind of envied it. I'm, I I remember saying to Vance Garfield, who was our former Parks and Rec director, I'm like, okay. When when I retire, uh, I'm probably you know take a couple of days off, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I could see myself helping with the devotional in the future. So when you mentioned that Chris was going to be gone and and we're looking for somebody to help, I was I was happy to to step up. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Someone was asking me. Shane was actually asking me. So who's lined up? And I said, oh, it's kind of a surprise. And he said, well, with Steve, of course, it'll be, it'll be awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> so. I, I think it's pretty, I think we could probably make it public now. I, okay. I we think we wanted to make sure a couple of things were, uh, were tied off. And, but uh, um, we're, we're of course going to start the patriotic devotional with the Davis High drum line coming in as they do. And, Great. and hopefully we have a packed auditorium at Davis hopefully. High School. <laughs> And uh, and then the drum line will come in on both sides and lead us in the national anthem. Uh, we'll have an opening prayer by uh, by well by to make sure she's still good to go. But okay. from a uh, from a reli- from one of our religious uh, churches here in K- Kaysville um, on Center Street, the Baptist Church member. Oh, and, good. And uh, we've had some discussions, and so they're going to provide a prayer, and then we'll have a. Our opening speaker will uh, be Colonel uh, Anderley, who is the commander of the 388th Fighter Wing. We'll have a rest uh, musical number. And then our concluding keynote speaker, I guess, if you will, <laughs> will be Utah Governor uh, Spencer Cox. We'll be up here on, for our Patriotic Devotion. <laughs> you, you, you aim Next, high. Uh, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're fantastic. That's, no, that's, no. That'll be a fantastic program. No, no, no. Well, it all comes, you know, to be honest with you, Kaysville and the community and what we have here, especially on mm-hmm. the 4th of July, it is unmatched. It I mean, is. and and so, and and people know and they know how great it is. And so even when I reached out to the governor and asked him if he would have interest, he's like, I have heard really? about Kaysville's events and I have heard about the community spirit there. I would love to come speak at your at your patriotic devotional. That's so, incredible. So, you know, I, as much as, so you know, I, I would love to, you know, take credit for, for making the connection. I may have made the call, but, make the but, call but, and the connection. but the, but the residents here and the community uh, gave us the reputation that made it really, made it an easy invitation. This will be a fantastic program. Thank you for this. It will be. It'll be. It'll be I'm, we're we're excited about it, and a little more to come. And we'll we'll have a flyer that we can start circulating online, and 
wherever else the you know, okay. ways are to, 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 to promote that. Uh, it'll be Ju- July 3rd, it'll Sunday be, night. Yep, Sunday, July 3rd at 7 p.m. And a few of the other program details. Okay. Uh, the choir that has performed here for years and years and years, as I understand it, has recently kind of disbanded. And oh. so we're we're working on a little bit different approach for some of our musical numbers. Davis High Band is here loud and proud, though. And so they will be there proud and very, very loud. If you've not experienced that, <laughs> they are. that I think everybody should at least come to one patriotic devotional, sit in the auditorium and have the entire band surround you as they uh, pay a, play a couple of patriotic numbers. It's, it is a neat experience. It is really, really cool. And, and I just, I'm always involved with things at the Air Force Base and we have invited commanders and visiting generals to, to, to our 4th of July festivities in the past. And I have, and Time and time again, they have said, look, we have been assigned all over the world. We have never seen or experienced anything like the 4th of July like you do it here. And so it's always been really special. And and all that credit just goes to how our citizens show up, our community members show up. It's just, it's it's special. It's a special part of being in Kaysville and being a hometown. It's 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 unique. It's it's tough to replicate, and and it's it it's, it's organic, and we've been doing it for 150 years. So it's pretty, we're steeped in tradition here, and yeah. we love that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for being with me. You bet. My Appreciate pleasure. Appreciate it, Steve.